Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pagan's Witchy Corner. Today, we're going to be talking about Ostara and going over one of my favorite myths, honoring one of my favorite goddesses of this time of year, and talking about how we need to have a little more balance in our lives. And this is the perfect time of year to really do that. The holiday of Ostara is all about rebirth, renewal, growth, new projects, and bringing new life into the world. At its very heart, it is a celebration and welcoming of spring. I absolutely love this time of year. You can really start to see the world just starting to wake up and feel kind of the sense of happiness come over it. The weather is warming and the darkness of winter is just kind of fading into the shadows. During this time, I really am reminded of the story of Persephone and her return from the underworld. It's kind of a controversial story in a lot of ways because so many retellings of it paint her as this helpless young maiden slash goddess about how she's abducted by Hades and is subjected to the whims of her quote-unquote evil husband. But in reality, that's not the case. I really don't believe that that's who she is. So if you've never heard of the myth of Persephone and Hades, let me give you a little TLDR. So Persephone and her mother Demeter are the two goddesses of spring and summer and growth, and they just kind of keep the world happy and growing and healthy and the way that it should be during spring and summer. And one summer, Hades apparently abducts Persephone and drags her to the underworld. Now, There's so many retellings of this. It's kind of hard to tell whether or not he just convinced her to come with him and become his queen, or he actually abducted her and did some terrible things to her that we're not really going to talk about on this podcast because we want to keep it a little clean. But ultimately, according to some translations, Hades was a really bad dude. I don't think that's the case. And I've worked with Hades. I've worked with Persephone. And neither one of them, in my opinion, have ever really been of that kind of creepy. Hades has never been creepy to me. He's been a little chaotic, but he's never been that creepy, I'm going to abduct somebody kind of way. And Persephone is not a meek kind of goddess who... (sighs) I guess you could say she is not the goddess that a lot of these retellings paint her to be. And maybe it's because of her time in the underworld that she has a lot of iron and a lot of fire and she is fierce. 
but she's also giving and loving. So back to the myth. She is taken to the underworld. She marries Hades. They, and he ends up making her queen. She rolls alongside him. She helps bring kind of calmness and gentleness to those who have recently died. But she also helps rule the underworld. And I could see how, you know, being a springtime maiden goddess, that would be a little jarring. To go from something that's so vibrant and beautiful to something that's dark and full of death. I could see that. But ultimately, I don't think that's the case. I think that she really kind of adapted there. She found a voice and a power there that she may not have had working alongside of her mother. There's a couple of translations that actually state that Demeter never wanted her to get married, never wanted her to basically live her life. She wanted her to be her stay-at-home child. Again, with the retellings, I don't really know what's true. But I will say this much. When Persephone realizes that there's a problem because Demeter has gone to Zeus and she says, I'm taking away my blessing. I'm not going to give the land its vibrancy and growth anymore. Everything will die. Give me my daughter back. And so Zeus tries to plead with Hades, but I don't know if it was Hades that basically said, no, she's not coming home. (laughs) Or if it was Persephone saying, no, I'm going to stay by my husband's side. So some time passes, everything on Earth dies, it goes into the fall and winter stages that we see. And Persephone starts to realize, okay, this could actually affect humanity. I need to go back. I need to go go at least see her so that things can grow again. Her blessings can return. And so before she leaves, Hades offers her pomegranate seeds. Now, the story is that if you eat anything in the underworld, you are doomed to at least stay bound to the underworld forever. Meaning you can leave, but you have to come back. You can't stay gone forever. So the story, some story renditions state that she, Persephone, ended up being forced to eat these pomegranate seeds. That Hades tricked her. Again, we go back to the quote-unquote evil husband of Hades. Or there's other translations that states that she chose to eat them because she knew that she was kind of a good sign of good faith to Hades, saying, I'm going to come back. I'm not leaving you. I love you and I want to be here. So I will eat them so I'm bound to come back so you know that this is a sign of trust. I kind of resonate more with that side of her than the side that Hades tricked her and I don't know. I just don't see it. And to me, it really kind of goes into the whole side of what we're seeing a lot in humanity to where women don't have that choice. Men know all. Men are tricksy. They, no. I truly believe that they were a great partnership um, as far as gods go. And I think that they have a great and happy relationship and a great balance in their relationship. When she's in the underworld, she's a queen and she gets to rule there. But when she returns, she gets to help her mother bring vitality back to the world. And it creates a perfect balance of life and death. She is both life and death. She helps rule both sides. So that being kind of our theme, because she's now coming back and we're seeing the rebirth because it's now becoming spring. This is the perfect time for us to really talk about 
where we need to rebirth our own balance, how we need to focus on our own energies and really start to say, where is my life out of balance? Is it out of balance? In nature, we see that all things are in balance. And we all know that endless winter is not good for us because nothing would grow, everything would die, all the animals would die, and eventually we would die. And endless summer is also not good for us because nothing would grow, eventually it would get too hot, and eventually everything would burn out and die. And we would probably die from being overheated. We need both. We need the cold and the hot. We need the fire and the ice. We need it both. And so this is the perfect time to talk about our own with balance within our own lives. Because we often find ourselves extremely busy and we get so busy that eventually we start to see ourselves fray and break under this constant pressure of trying to get everything right at work, trying to get everything right with our families and our kids. And especially this last year and going into this year, uh, you know, I, I still say that we're living on 2020 energy, even though we're in 2021, because we're still in the middle of a pandemic. And as we're dealing with that, we're seeing a lot more breaking and fraying energy because we're being pulled in so many directions. But we're forgetting to really take our own time to give ourselves that time to say, I need a little self-care. I need a little self-love. I need to have some balance in my life. And yeah, sometimes it's hard when everybody's stuck at home and we're under constant stress of trying to deal with work and kids and everything else. But still, even if you took 10 minutes out of every day, that's something that you're not focusing constantly on the go, 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 nonstop energy. And especially in America, we are very, very good at the nonstop energy. (laughs) I even forget and to take time out of my own day. Some days I will get so busy from the time I wake up and realize it's four o'clock and oh crap, I never meditated. I never did anything else that I was supposed to do because I had so many other things on my plate. It happens. We're human. This is what we do. And society trains us to do this. And that's not something that we should be trained to do. We should actually be trained to do the opposite, to remember to take care of ourselves so we can take care of others. It's so funny, though, because every time you get on a flight, they always tell you, put your mask on you before you help someone else. Now, if you have kids, you might think that's a completely ridiculous concept because the first thing you want to do is help your child. You want to keep your child alive and well and fed and everything else. But on an airline, if you don't put your mask, your oxygen mask on first, if something's happening, you may not have enough oxygen to help your child. And it's better for you to take that 30 seconds or so to do that, to help yourself so you can help other people. And the same comes with our own balance. Finding that balance of taking care of ourselves and having everything that we need, the self-love and the self-care and everything that's going on in our world to just take that time that is that moment of saying, I can't help anybody else if I'm burnt out. I can't do anything else if I'm completely at my wit's end. And even if you take 10 minutes, 15 minutes out of your day, every day to cultivate just a little bit of balance, you will probably find you're a better parent, a better spouse, if you're, or boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever, better human, (laughs) 
better worker because you've taken the time. So during this holiday, I want you to take a little bit of time and I want you to be really honest with yourself. Really, really, really honest. And I want you to make a list of your daily busiest routine. Whatever day of the week that you find yourself just so busy and overwhelmed by the time that you get home or the time that your day has ended, literally all it takes every ounce of energy for you to eat dinner and go to bed because you have none left. You have burnt yourself so hard. And I want you to write down everything that goes on in that day. And then I want you to make a similar list of your least busiest day of the week and compare the two. And I want you to really evaluate them. Even on your least busiest day, are you doing too much? Have you forgotten your own balance on that day? On your busiest day, I guarantee you probably have. Are you still taking the time though every day to cultivate your own balance, to cultivate who you're supposed to be and to help, how you can help the world. How can you help your family? How can you help yourself by taking just a little bit of time and saying no, literally saying, no, I'm not going to take this task. I'm not going to do this. Obviously don't do something that's going to get you fired from your job, but it might be saying, no, I can't do this but I can help someone else do this or delegating that task to someone else. It might be something as simple as saying, I can't run an errand today because I just don't have the time. I need to take 10 minutes for myself. And that errand is going to take me exactly the 10 minutes I need. And it's something I can do tomorrow. That might be something that you need to do. So as you make this list, I want you to really look at it. Look at those habits. Look at what you're doing. Are you really necessarily needing to do all the things on that list? Really? Or is there something that you can change? Something that you can do and say, you know what? I'm going to take some time and meditate here. Or I'm going to take some time and just have some devotion practice here. I'm going to take some time to just have 15 minutes to go read a book or listen to some music. Just stop being busy. Stop being chaotic. Stop rushing with life because the more we rush, the more we miss so much of what's happening around us because we're too busy to realize that it's just passing us by. That's not balance. That's not living. Think about your dreams. If is you rushing like this, really cultivating your dreams, is it really helping you? Are you being the most effective person you can be? If you're not, that's something that you need to evaluate. So here's one of those things that we're going to do for our ritual today. We're going to cultivate a list of habits, a list of balance that you can have Persephone guide you through to make you into the best version of yourself. And it might be something as simple as five minutes a day because that's all you can spare. And that's okay. As long as you're taking something. So make your list of what could bring yourself into balance. Maybe it's 
you need to meditate every day. Maybe you need to go for a run. Maybe you do need to do something. Whatever it is, make it list. Maybe it's spend more time with your family. Maybe it's making time to talk to your friends. Whatever it may be, put it on that list. Things you want to see change between now and this fall. And if you're one of those people that you already cultivate your balance, you already know that you need to work on what you need to do every day to stay in balance, that's so awesome. (laughs) They're like seriously awesome. So instead of making a list of like, of trying to see where you need to improve your balance, I'd like you to make a list of where you need to see yourself grow. What, What would you like to grow into this year? Or how could you bring balance to your world, to our world, our planet? Make a list of that. And for others, you can also add that to your list, but we're trying to not overwhelm ourselves at the same time. So it's whatever you feel comfortable with, put it on that list. So as you do that, I'm going to give you guys just a moment to finish this up because some of you are probably doing this along with, which is great. Thank you for doing it along with the podcast. You can also pause the podcast if you need to, if it's taking a little longer to think through everything, which is totally cool. Just come back when you're done. So we're going to do a very simple ritual. All the rituals you find on this podcast are going to be very simplistic. They're going to be things that you can change and gear towards your own practice, which I encourage If you're new to witchcraft, you can totally just follow along as is, or you can change it up. Change what fits you. Witchcraft isn't just about having a practice that's cookie cutter. That's the best part about witchcraft. None of it's cookie cutter. It's all personalized. It's all about your magic, your energy, what you bring to the table, and how your energies can actually help affect change and manifest change. That's what it is. That's the best part about it. So the things that we do here, they're going to be simplistic. They're going to be very easygoing. And I encourage you to take them, change them to fit your practice. If you don't agree with my words, write your own. If you don't like what I'm using as far as ingredients, go do what works for you. It's very easy very adaptable. And that's the way it should be. And that's the way I hope that you will take it as well. So the, some of the items you're going to need, you're going to need a jar, like a mason jar or a candle jar that's empty or a large spell bottle. If you have one, um, we're talking at least like 30 to 40 milliliters at the most. Um, or I'm sorry, at the very least, not the most. And You can do any of these things. You can do that. If you don't have a jar, that's okay. You can just use an envelope. This is just going to be something that you're going to put your spell ingredients in and you're going to set it aside until Mabin this fall when we return, when Persephone is returning to the underworld. So this is kind of be a two-parter kind of ritual, but they're going to be six months apart. So (laughs) hopefully you stay with us and you come back for the Persephone return. So... As you have written down your list, you're going to need that as well, obviously. So set that down, set it aside. You're going to need dried flowers. Now, this is where you get to kind of make it personal. Your dried flowers are going to be personal to you. 
My personal favorites that we're going to be using are going to be lavender and rose petals because to me, they really symbolize spring, even though they're more summer flowers, but they, it all kind of starts to say, okay, these are vibrant. They're beautiful. They have a wonderful fragrance to them. And roses to me also symbolize the underworld. They, they have such a beauty to them, but they also have a darkness because of their thorns. So, and if you've ever done any kind of spell work with me, you know that I love the underworld because it's not just deep, dark, and scary where our shadows reside. It's also got a lot of beauty in it because also that's where our shadows reside and working through your shadows is beautiful. If you haven't done any of your shadow work, that's totally okay because we'll do a whole nother episode on shadow work and what you can do to work through that. You're going to also need some dried spring herbs. Now, again, these are things that you might feel that a specific herb might relate to spring more than anything else, which is great. You might use mint, you might have chickweed, you might use purple dead nettle, uh, any herbs that really just resonate with you and resonate kind of a spring thing. Uh, we also will be using some seeds. Now the seeds are kind of optional. If you don't have seeds, that's totally fine. Most of my seeds are actually planted, so I don't have any on hand, so you won't be seeing me in the video using any today. So they are optional if you don't have any, but if you do, I highly encourage you to use them and they can be any seed of choice. It could be chia seeds if, or sesame seeds from your kitchen or any seeds that you would like blessed to grow. So you can have those on your altar as well. You will also need one small white or black candle, such as a tea light. And I normally would use a black candle for this, but I'm actually out of my black tea lights. So I have white ones. So if you're watching the video alongside this, you'll actually see me use a white tea light instead. Now, if you're in an area where your fresh spring flowers and herbs and leaves and stuff are not out yet, that's totally fine. You can uh, use synthetic ones. I've seen lots of witches use synthetic because they don't feel comfortable taking them from nature and that's okay. You can also use dried ones if you don't have anything growing yet. But if you do have fresh spring herbs or flowers, I recommend that you go and take some. Obviously leave an offering please. But it could be fresh flowers that have sprung up, fresh greenery that's sprung up, fresh herbs, anything that's green that has just come out. You will also need a small glass or offering bowl. And this is completely optional. You will need a pomegranate or pomegranate juice or red wine. This is completely optional. You don't have to do that. That's okay. So once you have all that, if you'd like to pause the podcast here, you can to go gather all of that if you want to do it. Or if you're one of those witches like me that gets really busy and completely forgets what day it is, and you forget that, you know, oh, it's Ostara, oh, it's the full moon, oh, it's the new moon, and you have forgotten that you had to prepare something. I always feel like the gods give us about a week's leeway to work through that. And that's simply because with the, the full moon and the new moons, you usually have a couple of days around it to work through it. And I feel that with the big holidays, you have about a week to work through it their understanding because they know that humans get busy, as we've talked about. 
And hopefully this ritual will help you not be so busy and make it a little easier for us to remember. At least that's my hope, at least. So for your ritual, go ahead and arrange your altar. Arrange your altar with your candle at the top center of your altar. So it's at the very top, but it's going to be in the middle of the altar at the same time. Your jar or your envelope is going to be in the middle and your fresh flowers and greenery are going to be around and they're decorating your altar. So in this moment, you would light your candle. And after you light your candle, I would like you to say these words. If you'd like to change them, I encourage you to do so. Again, do what works best for you. This is your practice. Persephone, goddess of spring, queen of the underworld, you are the light and our guide in the darkness. As you return with the rebirth of spring, bring us the wisdom we need from the darkness and help us grow in the balance you bring to the world. After you finish reading that, you're going to want to take your list, and I want you to read over your list again, and I want you to do it with the intent and will of making the changes to bring balance to yourself, the world, or both. When you finish with that, you're going to fold up your list, and you're going to place it in the jar or in the envelope, whichever you have set out. Now, in this moment, you're going to take your dried herbs and dried flowers, and you're going to sprinkle them in the jar. I have just kind of put them in the lid here of my jar, and I'm going to sprinkle them in. And after you do that, you will say, Persephone, I ask you to guide me into bringing this list of balance to fruition. Now, if you're doing this along with me as you listen to this podcast, I'd like you to take some time and spend some time listening to the guidance she's brought you. So this will be a perfect time for you to pause the podcast, listen to her, and then come back when you're finished. So go ahead and do that now. If you're coming back after seeking some guidance from Persephone, welcome back. If you're still listening to this in whole, thank you for staying with us. Now, if you are going to use the pomegranate, this would be a great time to go ahead and open it up. And you're going to take the two halves and you're going to set them on your altar. Now, if you have a particularly drippy pomegranate, you might want to take like a paper towel or a towel or something or even a plate and put it underneath it. And you'll just set it in front of your jar or your envelope. The two halves open facing you. Now, because it is spring, a lot of times because pomegranates are out of season, it's really hard to find them. But most grocery stores actually sell pomegranate seeds already 
done for you. And usually you can find them in the like refrigerated sections of the produce section. So you could use those as well if you'd like. And you'll just take some of those and put them in a small offering bowl and again, place them in front of your jar. Now, if you're using the juice or wine, you can go ahead and pour a small amount into a glass. I've already done this previously. So if you're watching the video alongside, you probably have seen it sitting alongside and you're going to go ahead and just place it directly in front of your jar. And I'm kind of moving it up a little bit. So it's less tip worthy. Now, if you're using the juice or the wine, I highly recommend you don't use a wine glass or any sort of glass that's really tippy. So you want to make sure that it's something that has a nice sturdy bottom. And again, if you're watching the video, you'll see that mine has a really sturdy bottom to it. And I don't have very much in there. I only have maybe, oh, I would say maybe like four or five teaspoons or tablespoons at the most. Like there's not much in there at all. It's not a full glass. Uh, it's just a little bit. This is going to be your offering to Persephone, either the pomegranate seeds or the juice or the wine. I didn't have any juice and I didn't have any pomegranate seeds on hand, but I always keep red wine for cooking in my house. So red wine is just a great substitute as well if you don't have that. If you don't have any of those and you can't get them, you can go ahead and use some of the dried herbs and flowers also as an offering and just put those in a small bowl, like a small little offering bowl. And as you go ahead and place out your offering, I want you to go ahead and say this. Persephone, Iron Crown Queen, thank you for your blessings and your wisdom. I give this offering to you. And just take a moment to kind of focus your intents and really thank her for joining you and being here to bless your work and to work with you. Now, as long as it's safe for you to do so, let your candle burn down completely. If you're doing this very quickly and you have somewhere to be and you can't attend to your candle, obviously go ahead and blow it out and you can always light it again later when you have time, but you should allow the candle at some point to completely burn down over the next day or so. Once it has, you're going to close your jar or your envelope, but you're not going to seal them. So if you're using a mason jar, you're just going to obviously put the lid on it and screw it closed. If you're using an envelope, you're just going to, you can just tuck the flap inside of the envelope, but don't seal them. And you're going to set it aside somewhere until Mabin which is in September. So you're going to set this aside so that way you can open it again and we're going to see how much of that has come into fruition and honor Persephone again as she descends into the darkness, as she descends back to the underworld. Now, if you're new to witchcraft, this is a really great time to kind of talk about altar cleaning up and how to dispose of items your fresh flowers and greenery, you can always dry them and use them in other offerings and spells. They're really wonderful and versatile in that way. Um, if you're using something that might be poisonous that you found outside, obviously don't put it in something that might be burned or that you could eat. Um, so make sure that it's just something that you could use as an offering or in spells that doesn't require those things if you don't know what you're using. If you do, then you obviously should know what you can use it for 
And if not, then you can also always look it up. Any of your natural ingredients, such as your dried herbs that may have fallen down, you can just dispose of those by recycling or natural disposal, as in taking them outside and letting them go in the winds. You can let them go in water. There's different ways that you can do this. Any unnatural ingredients. So for instance, your tea light tins, those would be classified as an unnatural ingredient. Try to dispose of those as ethically as you can. Most of them can't be recycled because of the wax. Unless you are really good at getting all the wax out, they might be able to be recycled, but you would have to check with your local recycling center to really find out. So this has been our talk about Ostara and working with balance and working with Persephone. Ostara is one of those great times where we can talk about welcoming spring and starting new projects. If that's something that you would also like to do during this time, you can ask for Persephone's help with that. If you're interested in starting a new project, just let her know. You can add to this as much as you'd like, or you could just do this very simplistic little ritual. Thank you so much for joining us. I wish you so much great goodness on your path to balance and a very blessed Ostara. I will see you all next week. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. Did you know that Pagan's Witchy Corner is part of the Revelator Podcast Network? This is the same network that brought you the other podcast I am a co-host on, Chaos and Shadow. You can find other awesome podcasts from my co-host, Kyle, who is also on Chaos and Shadow, such as Kyle's Communist Book Club, the Stellaris Emergency Broadcast, and the Valheim Bulletin. While you're there, you should check out our news section. This is where you're going to find all the blog posts to go with all of my shows, as well as other awesome articles. And right now, during the month of March, we're also hosting a charity drive with our memberships. So if you sign up to be a member of the network, part of your membership fee will go to the National MS Society to help fight for a cure for MS patients like me. So come over and check out the network today. There'll be a link in the description below. And thank you so much for joining me today, and I'll see you all next week. Bye-bye, everybody.